Hey, we are in a series on the Ten Commandments that we're calling the Big Ten. Okay, we've been taking a walk. We've been journeying with the Israelites. We've been learning and growing and studying uh, what the Big Ten are. Right? We spent the first three weeks where we've been looking at uh, the first three commandments where God is laying out his plan for the Israelites to help them thrive in a foreign land as they're on their way to the promised land. Uh, and tonight, I'm really excited for tonight's commandment. Now, I think it comes at the perfect time, okay? We spent this weekend, if you were with us at Fall Retreat, Dr. Nance, a theme of hers was rest. A theme of hers was going at the pace of Jesus, which is now a line that I have added to my notes for tonight. Uh, because this week, we're going to be talking about Sabbath. Okay, look, and here's the thing. I think this is perfect, not only because Dr. Nance talked about it this weekend, but I think talking about Sabbath is perfect on the weekend after retreat because I know that many of you are paying the piper right now. Okay, and you're like, okay, some of you are like, the retreat was so phenomenal, this was amazing, I feel so rested, and you're like, I'm just, this, is, this is phenomenal, and it's like, oh my gosh, why did I sign up for all of these classes? These things are just in the way of my walk with Jesus. Okay? Okay, I gotta run from here to there. I wish I had a longboard. I'm never gonna make it. So that's why I'm really excited to talk about Sabbath tonight. For some of you, this is going to be the first time you've ever interacted with the word Sabbath. We're going to talk about like, what it can look like to, uh, to spend an extravagant amount of time with Jesus and to devote a day of your week uh, to following him in, in totality and being with him. And some of you are like, you know what? I don't know about that. And the reason you don't know about that is because... Uh, Sabbath is so countercultural to the American dream. Okay, look, okay, you guys have learned this from a very young age, right? Like, as soon as you could, like, start to even pretend to walk, they're like, we have got to get this kid in some extracurriculars. Okay, you know what I mean? And it's like, one extracurricular is not enough. They need two, maybe three, maybe four a night. Okay, we are not real parents if we are not running the kids everywhere. Okay, and then you get to high school, right? And it's all about the rat race. How many extracurriculars can you have? You need to put this on a resume. And you don't forget to do community service, and not just because you've been speeding. Okay, like what? What? Like, what is this going to look like? This is what we need to do. And we need to add this and do this and go to this and be at that. And this is all. And when is it ever going to end? It'll end when I get to college, right? Wrong! How many different weeks of midterms can there be? Okay, is it really a midterm if it happens more than once? No, that's just a test. Stop calling it a midterm. Okay, that's not true. We rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Okay, it's like, how, like well, how often do we got to go through this? And then, like, now I'm looking at grad school, so now all of a sudden my grade point average counts, and, and I need to join all these different clubs, and it's like, I thought I was done with this. And then you get the grass. Grass goes so much worse, right? Because it's a full-time job and class. And then you graduate from those things, and then you end up in what we call the American dream, where it's like you start at the bottom, and you have to grind your way to the top. And as soon as you get close to the top, you're like, you know what? I think I'll try a different career now. And you switch careers, and it's like back to the bottom, and it just never stops. 
over and over and over again. And even thinking about it is exhausting. And what are we hoping to do? We're hoping to, what, travel the world when we're 67? Like the retirement age just keeps getting pushed further and further. By the time it's like you guys, it's, it's going to be like 75. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's just like, is that really the goal? It can't be, right? And that's why I'm so excited for our passage tonight, to see what the Lord would say for us as his people and to see what it can mean to be people of the Spirit and to be people of the text. And so let's turn with me to Exodus chapter 20. You should be getting really good at turning to these pages. I still have them marked in my Bible, you know what I mean? Because we're going to spend you know, the first half of the semester on the left half and then the second half of the semester on the right half. We are on commandment number four. Uh, This is, uh, you know, it looks to me like it's the longest commandment. Okay, commandment number two uh, gives it a little bit of a run for its money, but the fourth commandment, the commandment to observe the Sabbath, uh, is the longest commandment. And I often wonder if Jesus was like, you know what, this is the one they're really going to have some problems with. Okay, it is fascinating to me that when we think about, like, what it means to, to be a person of the Spirit and to be a Jesus person, like, when we think about the Ten Commandments, we're like, nine out of ten of them, definitely. Okay, but when it comes to observing the Sabbath, nope, only lazy people do that. Nope, uh uh-uh, nope, I'd rather burn out than rust out. Well, actually, either way, you're out. Okay, do you know what, like, I'm not trying to get out, okay? Like, I'm trying to to live this thing, like, I'm, I'm trying to do the thing, okay? And so I'm not trying to be out, I'm not trying to burn out, I'm not trying to rust out, I'm trying to be in, okay? And so let's see what the Lord would say to his people. Verse 8 says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day, hey, six days you shall do your labor. Some of you, this is a word for you. Okay, we're talking about the Sabbath, but some of y'all need to start studying a little bit. Okay? You ain't been going to class. Okay, there's some classes that you have not been to enough. Okay? Okay, if you do not know where your class currently meets, you have been doing it wrong. Okay? Okay? You need to figure that out. Okay? You need to put, you need to rise and grind just a little bit more. Okay? Six days you shall labor. Okay? Before we start talking about rest too much, I want to make sure some of y'all know that you need to work. You, you are, like, like, think about the amount of dollars you pay per credit hour. You should go to that, okay? That's stewardship, okay? Right there. Just, just okay, that, that was a freebie. Okay, anyways. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Hmm. That's a good word. That's a whole word right there. Shut the book. Let's go home. Let's go home and let's just rest, right? Okay, but let's talk about what does it mean to observe the Sabbath? Okay, what does the Sabbath mean? What does it mean? Who is the Lord speaking this to? And I just want to remind you as we see the Israelites here, as the Lord speaks this to them. uh, So who is the Lord speaking to? Remember, this is a people that have been enslaved for 400 years. 
This is the people who have not been able to choose their days and weeks. This is the people that have not been able to choose how much work they did or when they did their work or what type of work they did. This is the people that have been in total control by other people. They have had no right over their own schedule. They have no ability to choose or make any decisions. And the Lord says, remember the Sabbath. Yes, I know for the last few centuries that things have been really bad. Yes, I know that as you were in Egypt, in a land of foreign oppression, that this was difficult, that it was hard, but this is not what you were created to be. This is not who you were created to be. This is not what it was supposed to be like. People of God. And so God looks at these Israelites as they're on their way out, as they have done the exodus, as they have gone through, gone through the Red Sea, and they are now wandering around, uh, headed to the promised land. God says, I will give you rest. In the land of Egypt, and much like the world in which we live in today, what I believe that one of the fundamental problems of our world today is that we live with a scarcity mentality. We live with a scarcity mentality because we think that there is not enough to go around. We think there won't be enough. There's not going to be enough. And so we find ourselves trying to grab for every little thing that we can, grab for every minute, grab for every decimal point, grab for every single thing that there is, because what if there's not enough? What if only one of us gets into the grad program? What if only one of us gets into that house? What if only one of us is able to get that last spot? What if it's only one of us and I want it to be me? And we find ourselves living with this scarcity mentality. But what we know is that the Israelites are on their way to the promised land. What we know is that God is not a God of scarcity. God is a God of abundance. And then as we observe the Sabbath, as we set aside a day to give unto the Lord, we are saying that I am not going to be a part of a scarcity mentality. I serve a God of abundance, and I believe that he can do more with six than I can do with seven all by myself. And so we live as people of abundance. Walter Brueggemann it's just like, this dude must be smart, right? Like, what other option do you have with a last name like that, right? Walter Brueggemann says that when he thinks about Sabbath, that he sees Sabbath as resistance. And what I love about this idea of Sabbath as resistance is it's like, you know what? I'm going to resist the culture that is around me. I'm going to resist the things that are going to tell me that I, have to, that I have to grind all day long, right? I have to do my 9 to 5, and then I have to do my 5 to 9, and I have to do this and do this, and I need to be a boss babe, right? And it's like, these are all the things that I have. Like, like if I, I need to, like, it's just like constant. The boss babe thing got you guys, didn't it? Yeah. You, yeah. you guys are like, huh, this guy. <laughs> so, uh, um, is he relevant? Is he not? I'm unclear. <laughs> um, and it's this sense to where it's like, you know what? I'm just going to resist that. I'm going to set aside a day. I'm not going to be a part of that. I'm going to step outside of it. I'm going to see what the Lord would do with this. I'm going to trust the Lord, the God of abundance. The God who knows how much there is, the God who created all things, the God who spoke things into existence, the God that has transformed me by his power, the God that has been faithful over and over and over again, I'm going to trust in the God of abundance instead of giving in to the world of scarcity. And so as the people of Israel are headed to the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey, that the Sabbath is for us also believing for abundance and believing for a life filled of milk and honey. Next, it says the Sabbath, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. 
Now, holy is such an interesting word in the biblical text. Holy is the word in the Bible that when it's used, it most often refers to God. Maybe you've heard or maybe you sang songs where holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty and holy is his name and the holy one and, and all these times in which we see holy. And what, what does the word holy even mean? Okay, I thought I was going to make a pants joke, but I decided, you know what, we're going to set that one out, right? Okay, what does the word holy mean? Thanks. Yeah, I'm showing great restraint. I know. It's, it's thank you. Uh, I just, I did want credit for it though. Okay, so, but anyway, uh, the word holy in its simplest form means set apart, made different, set apart. And so when we think about the Sabbath and keeping it holy, what we do is we set this day apart. We set this, this, this portion of our schedule apart. We say that it's not going to be like the other parts. It's not going to be like uh, Monday to Friday. It's not going to be like Tuesday to Saturday. It's not going to be like all those other things. I'm going to take a day, and I'm going to set this day apart. It's going to be holy. It's going to be different. It's going to be important, and it's going to be life-changing. Now, sometimes when we think about setting a day aside, we think about setting a day apart, uh, and it's like, okay, what does our mind go to? Uh, for some of you in the room, it's like, well, you know what? I actually already set Sundays apart, okay? I've got a rhythm. I've got a routine, okay? And it involves a lot of watching grown men play football, okay? And so that day is set apart, right? I'm, all, I'm not working that day, okay? That has got to count. Or maybe if you like a purer form of, call, of football and you like Saturdays, like this is the day, okay? Okay, like, you know, like I have already set a day apart. Yeah, that day is set apart in, in some sense, in some way, kind of. Okay, but it's not set apart in a holy way. It's set apart in a continuation of the rat race day. Okay, how many of you know that when you, when you uh, get through, okay, let's say you spent the whole week and it's been a real grind, and you're like, you know what I deserve? I deserve to binge watch some Netflix, baby. Okay, you know what, I'm going to get through all of season one, and by all of season one, I mean all of the first four seasons, okay? I intended for it to be season one, okay, but I have earned it. Okay, right? And we finish that, and do we feel uh, more energized or less energized at the end of it? Less, but it's like, oh, it's like, I did this to get away, to, to re-energize, and all I did was zap me. I didn't mean to be sad. I, yes, I'm, I'm still watching. Yes, okay, thank you. Okay, but, but it's like, what, why is that? And I think it's because I want us to take a more intentional approach to the Sabbath about what this can mean for us, about what it can look for us. And I want us to live at the pace of Jesus. In order for us to do that, I think we're going to, you know, typically we're going to turn, we turn to a New Testament passage. We will get to a New Testament passage very briefly, uh, but I want us to turn back to the creation narrative. And what we see here in Genesis chapter uh, 2 is where we're going we're to be reading. Because in our Sabbath command, God tells the Israelites, he says, remember that in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. And so I want to take us back to that passage. If you're familiar with the creation story in Genesis, it's beautiful. Okay, in the sense that the Lord takes what is chaos and he brings order. He separates the, you know, the light from the day, the, the light from the darkness. 
He brings about animals and plants, and there's all these different things across all the six days. And on every single, at the end of every single one of the days, the same refrain happens. It says uh, here in verse 31 in chapter 1, it says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. So this is, and very good is after the creation of humanity. It's just good the other days. And he says, and there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. We see this at the end of the first day. There was evening and morning the first day. At the end of the second day. At the end of the third day. At the end of the fourth day. At the end of the fifth day. Some of you, I can see you checking me right now. And look, you're nodding your head because I am correct. Okay? And then let's see what happens at the end of the seventh day. By the seventh day, God had finished the work that he had been doing. So in the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. And then all of a sudden we don't get the refrain. There was evening and morning the seventh day. And I believe what the author of Genesis, what the Lord of hosts, what the God of creation is trying to communicate to the Israelites, to the people of God, to you, Chi Alpha, is that that's because you were supposed to continue in his rest. As Adam and Eve walk in the cool of the day with their creator, as we commune with God, like this idea of a life of rest and a life of rest in Jesus, a life of rest in God, a life of of rest in knowing your creator was the way that you were created to be. And so if you feel out of place, in the hecticness of life. If you feel like, when is this ever going to end? Or why do I have to do it? Or why does it have to be this way? It's because it's, that's not how you were created to be. The original intent that we would be people of rest. Hebrews tells us that there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, that there is still this ability for us to enter into the rest of God that we can know Him, that we can be with Him, and that the Sabbath, the practice of Sabbath, is but a small portion of what we will get because God wants us to be in rest. It was always His desire from the beginning. In the creation narrative, we see it so very clearly because the rest would continue. And we think about passages in the New Testament, right? In the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. This idea that like, as we do become Jesus people, there is so much more for us. And there's something we want to grab a hold of. And we're like, that is it. That's what I've been missing. And it's because that's who you were created to be. And so I want to talk a little bit about the Sabbath and what the actual Sabbath day can look like. Okay, first of all, how all-encompassing is a Sabbath day? Okay, so the Israelites have like 39 different categories of things that you cannot do on the Sabbath. Okay, it would have been absolutely, and still is to this day, totally all-encompassing of what their day was like. Okay, the Sabbath uh, for, the, for the Jewish people would have started on Friday night uh, as sundown would come and would go till Saturday night, okay, and in which you could do no work. You can't light a flame. You can't turn on electronics. Uh, actually, in like primarily Jewish neighborhoods where they have an elevator, um, the elevator stops on every floor on the Sabbath because they won't push the button to light up the elevator. 
because that is breaking of Sabbath. I've heard a story of a friend uh, in New York, and it, there's, a, there's a woman, and she's in the elevator, and she's like, hey, can you help me? And he's like, what do you need? And he walks up to her, and she said, can you push the button so that I can get up to uh, my apartment? And he's like, why can't you push the button? And she's like, because it's the Sabbath. I can't light it up. He said, I have no idea how long she'd been standing there. Okay, you, you, can't, you can't sew, you can't fix things, uh, you can't mend things, you can't uh, do work to prepare for the week, um, you can't erase, that's one of the categories. Uh, and so you couldn't, like, you can't open certain things if there would have been letters that would have gone across the seal and you would have broken the letters as you opened it. Okay, and, and what you realize is that in order to live this way, you had to, like, really incredibly prepare for it. And it had to be so all-encompassing in your life that, like, it's like to, to live in a different way would have been like, I, I don't even, like, this is just what I know. And, like, when I tell you that there's 39 different categories of rules, you're like, oh, my gosh, this does not sound restful at all. Okay, this just sounds like a lot of work, okay? Six days you shall work, and the seventh day you shall work even more in order to not work. It's like, no, that's not it. Okay, how many of you guys have read, okay, don't do a show of hands, right? Okay, how many of you have read the student code of conduct handbook okay now uh, I think I have a picture of that here it is yeah uh, did you know it's not a handbook anymore it's actually all online okay and it's all these different categories okay so you can like click general handbook you can uh, standards and accountability products it's like title nine and it's like all and then as you click them and this is just a screenshot so we can't click them right as you click them it's like like 25 different drop-down menus come up and it's like check it out on this and check it out on this and check it out on this and how many of you know that if you looked at that before you came to college you're like man college is going to be a lot of rules like this is going to be a lot of work to follow but now that you've been here some of you have been here just over a month some of you have been here uh just over four years uh okay and it's like like what you've realized is that yes you are following most of these rules most of the time uh, but living in college, like you kind of have to live in it to kind of understand what these rules are like. And I think the Sabbath is a lot like that. You kind of have to live in the Sabbath, like commit to the Sabbath and be a part of the Sabbath in order to like really understand what the Sabbath is like. And to look at it from the outside and say, man, that's just a lot. Like, I don't know about that. Like, but instead, it's like as you enter into it, you realize, wow, like this is a picture of the way in which I was created to be. This is a picture of what my life could be like, what my life will be like, and I believe that it could be a lot of fun and really, truly life-giving for you. So I want to give you a few practical tips on what it could look like for you right now to take a Sabbath. Some of you are like, like listen, Josh, okay, you do not know my course load. You're right. I don't know your course load. Uh, well, a few of you I do, okay? For, but the, the majority of you, I do not know the classes that you take. Uh, and some of you take classes that I will literally never understand, and that's totally fine with me. Uh, but I committed as a undergraduate student to take a Sabbath. I heard Sean Gallion, who you guys, some of you heard, come through here, preach on the Sabbath, and I thought, oh my gosh, I need to do that. And I just committed to taking a Sabbath. When I was in college, I committed to a Jewish Sabbath, okay, in the sense that I did it Friday night because I was actually not going to work on Friday night anyway, okay? It was a lie. Like, to think that I was going to get something done was just a bold-faced lie. Saturday, the same exact thing, okay? And so I took one Friday night to Saturday night, okay? 
And then sometimes I even added Saturday night on to it extra. Like, you know what? We're living it up this week, okay? And then Sunday, if I needed to grind, I would grind. Okay, but what, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want you just to consider your own schedule and think about would there be a 24-hour window in which you could cease from working? Maybe it's, okay, like some of you don't take classes on Friday and more power to you. Okay, people that take classes on Friday, you've done it wrong. Okay, so, so, <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like maybe it'd be Thursday night to Friday night. Maybe it'd be Friday, maybe it'd all day Saturday. Maybe it'd be all day Sunday. I don't care. Maybe you would take uh, Saturday morning and Sunday night. Maybe you're going to piece together two different 12-hour windows. Like what? Whatever. The specifics of it don't matter to me and when it is exactly. But we know that Romans tells us, uh, Romans 14, 5, I don't know if I have those. I don't. I don't. I probably don't. Do I? I do. Yes. It says one person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their mind. Okay, we're talking about like, like festivals and Sabbath days. Paul says, like, some people think it's one day, some people think it's another day. Just be convinced. Just commit to it. Just live in it. Just make a choice and go with it. Talk it over with your housemates. Talk it over with your, uh, with your core group. And think about, like, what is a time period to which I could devote to truly committing myself to a Sabbath? I want to give you two words of what I want you to think about doing while you're on the Sabbath, okay? What I'm not asking you to do is to be like, okay, now I just got, like, got to sit. I just sit and twiddle my thumbs and just get bored. Okay, because what happens when your generation gets bored? What do you do? Okay, social media. That's exactly right. Like, you doom scroll, okay? It's like, like you have been taught... Yeah, you've been taught that the way in which you uh, interact with boredom is stimuli, okay? It's like, I'm bored, I need to get on my phone. There's got to be somebody I can text, like, there's got to be something I can look at. I probably have missed something, okay? If I'm bored, there are other people in my timeline who are not bored, and I would like to see what they're doing, okay? And you guys are like, hey, this guy's good. Thank you, thank you. Um, okay, here's the two words I want you to think about. Pray and play. And I think that that would be a very useful start for you when it comes to observing the Sabbath. Set it apart. Make it holy. Pray. Spend some time with Jesus. Maybe, you know, maybe there's a book that your small group's been thinking about, like, hey, I wanted to read that. And you're like, nope, I don't have time for that. Maybe you do on your Sabbath. Maybe you want to read larger portions of Scripture. Maybe you want to set aside a time to listen to the Lord. Maybe you want to pray longer than you've prayed before. Maybe you want to go for a walk in nature as you realize that you're a naturalist this weekend. Or maybe you just want to turn on some loud worship music, right? Because you're an enthusiast. And you're like, let's freaking go, right? Okay, and it's like all all these different options are now available to you. And then also, I would encourage you to play. Recreate yourself. Do things that give you joy. Okay, look, there was, um, there was a, what was that lady just a couple of years ago, right? Uh, the Spark Joy lady. Do you remember her? Does anybody? Marie Kondo. Yeah, Con- yeah. Marie? Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo, right? She's like, if it doesn't spark joy, throw it out. And that's what I want you to do on the Sabbath. If it doesn't spark joy, throw it out. Okay, and so if, if playing basketball gives you joy, go play basketball. I play a lot of golf on my Sabbath because it gives me joy, though sometimes it's a lot of work. Okay? If, like, the farmer's market gives you joy, go to the farmer's market. If painting gives you joy, go paint. If sitting gives you joy, sit. Like, 
Think about ways in which you can play that would recreate you. What are the hobbies that you wanted to pick up? What are the things that you're like, this is so much fun. Why don't I do more of this? Do more of it unto the Lord. Set aside a day. Believing that this is the way in which the Lord has intended you to live. And believing that the Sabbath prepares you for the next six days. Many times, if you have been trying to practice Sabbath, or you've been thinking about Sabbath, Sabbath has been in response to the previous six days. But I think a better flip is to see Sabbath as preparing me for the next six days. I'm now going to enter into the world. I'm now going to enter into chaos. And I am prepared because I have been with the Lord. I've been set apart. I've spent time with him. I've hung out with him. I've been in the community. We've done things together. I've been re-energized and refreshed, and now I am ready for the task at hand. The Moran family, we are currently in the process of going no screens on our Sabbath. Okay, this is terrifying, okay? In more ways than one. Okay, it's like, okay, like, how am I going to get somewhere if I don't have a screen? Okay, because we're like fully committed to no screens. What this means is that we're going to go somewhere that we don't know where it is. We've got to look up the directions the day before. And we've got to print it out. No, like get the big old book map and highlight the whole right. thing. Right, get that thing out there. This yeah. is the route that I'm going to take, no, no, right? The big old, like, maps no, nobody has those things anymore. That's not a That's thing. Like how we travel all the time. Yeah, but I went, I'm not analog anymore. Yeah, it, those used to be the days. And it's like, how far is three-tenths of a mile? Nobody knows. Um, and then it's like, then uh, what this also means is that there's a game that I want to watch, and it's going to be on a screen. I probably wouldn't watch the game. Or maybe we could watch it as a family. So we do sometimes do uh, family movie time together, which is like, you know, right? Thank you. Thank you. Um, there was a new Disney movie that just came out. Um, element, elemental. Oh my gosh, wept. Um, okay, look, I can't, I can't not cry in movies. Uh, Kung Fu Panda Two, cried. Um, like it's just, yeah, I just, I'm just, like, I just can't, like, okay, I'm just in a movie, I'm there with my kids, I just cry. It's like, it's like this is emotional. Uh, I am learning the lesson too, Lord. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, then <laughs> it was it was all real too. I like really did. Um, got a, like a huge thing of popcorn. I'm just weeping. <laughs> Kids are like, "Can I get more popcorn?" Yes, yeah, sure. Um, oh, okay, yeah. And then it's like, uh, and then it's like, okay, the moment of vulnerability, right? Okay, like sometimes on the Sabbath I have to poop. Okay, all right, like, okay, I have yes, yeah, right? No, all the time. I, okay. Sometimes on the Sabbath, I poop more than once, okay? Okay, and, and every time, I have to not take my phone with me, okay? And it's like, you know, like, like this is my alone time, okay? Do you know what I mean? So, like, I'd, like, it's got to be a magazine or a book or whatever. And it's like, okay, and so it is, it's real, and it's hard. Uh, but I believe that it is good for my soul, to have a moment where I am a, a day, a season, a period of time where I'm unplugging from everything. 
Oh no! I whoa, I mean whoa, yeah whoa 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 we're not we're not we're not changing our whole lives here okay okay um, and I I understand why I shouldn't I know that but I'm still committed to taking it with me um, and so so here so Kyle we're we're coming to a close here uh, and the band can come up and here's what I want you to think about as we're coming to a close maybe you wrote down some days in which you're gonna. Maybe you're thinking about some days, you're going to talk with your small group leader about it. Maybe you are thinking about ways, things that recreate you and things that like, would encourage you to pray and play. Um, but here's what I want you to think about as we close. What would it be like to serve a God who didn't put the Sabbath in one of the Ten Commandments? Think about this. There are ten. The big ten. And the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of order, the God who doesn't believe in chaos, the God that is holy, the God that is righteous, the God that is just, the God that is loving, said, hey, one of those ten needs to be that they would rest, that they would enter into my rest, that they would know what it would be like to be surrounded by me, and that your creator wants you to rest in him. That your creator wants you to know that this is what you were created for. To take some time to be yourself, to grow into the person that God has created you to be, knowing that you don't have to strive, you don't have to work, you don't have to make it happen on yourself. It's not up to you. It's been up to him for 2,000 years and for even longer than that. And so feel that tonight, Chi Alpha. Feel his rest and know that this is what he created you for.